this episode, we speak with John Couch, who is the Director of Product at AmbiX. John is an experienced product and engineering professional with an extensive smart technology and product development background. He is an innovation champion and speaker, having presented at events across the globe and been involved in many award-winning IoT projects. Today, we discuss why lighting is often missing from smart building platforms and the value that lighting can add in this area. Hi, John. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So for those of you who don't know, John is the director of product at AmbiX, and you've obviously you've been on the podcast before, haven't you? Um, with Phil Cross, our CEO, discussing smart building challenges and opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. But today we're going to focus on how lighting can be a beneficial part of smart building platforms. So we've discussed this with various guests on the podcast before, but you know, for lots of different reasons, lighting has historically been difficult to integrate with. Therefore, many BMS and IoT platforms don't include lighting. So first of all, I would like to ask you, why do you think that is? You know, in your opinion, why is lighting often lacking in smart building platforms? Or where it is present, why is it not very sophisticated? Yeah, thanks, Linz. Um, I think there's probably two main reasons for that. There, there's a historical one, which was uh, lighting control was actually more prevalent back before LED, but I think the the, the emergence of LED great, gave such great energy saving that controls became almost secondary or a much smaller saving. Um, so they, there was a drop off, let's say, of, of, of control. Um, control without doubt is picking up again now and it is getting smarter, but the deployment method is, is much more siloed. So, you know, the smart building still is really focused on uh, BMS uh, and air conditioning and HVAC and then lighting is is done but it's it's a separate option almost and it's done without a full integration thought process generally so yeah there, there are sort of leading project leading uh, strategies where they are fully ingrained but most of the time they're left to be siloed systems and therefore the need and the drive isn't there for the lighting uh, control systems to be fully accessible and fully you know integratable into a smart building. Mm-hmm. And do you think that today people realise the full potential of lighting control, you know, with regards to human centric and energy saving and everything that's linked into that and occupancy data and everything? Do you think that's realised or do you think some people still think it is just a simple, you know, on off switch and it's just used for illumination? Yeah, I, I think there are use cases and case studies of it being used well and, and being um, utilized to to its uh, capabilities. But you've got to look at generally, it, it's not being used anything like even a small percent of, of what it can be. So, you know, uh, lighting control still today is, is probably very much seen as the light switch on the wall, as you say. And if you ever look out into office spaces, which, which you would assume would be, um, you know, quite smart and advanced, lighting is always on in the day uh, you know in 24 hours in in places that have no occupancy so you know even the simplistic turn lights off when people aren't there is not part of a current deployment um and that's really frustrating you know from a, a market traction because there are so many use cases and then value beyond use cases but if if we're not you know in general deployment even getting the basics in there then you know it, it, it's an uphill task mm-hmm. Definitely. So what value can lighting add if it was to become part of a smart building platform, you know, a wider company who 
you know, try and manage everything within a building where all of the data feeds into a central source. If lighting was to become part of that system, like a widget on their dashboard or whatever, what value could it add to that company? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that, uh, again, sort of probably two strands of benefits. The first one is, is quite simply benefits for the lighting system. So, you know, can you optimize the lighting system so that it saves energy so that, you know, um, daylight is utilized to its, its potential in spaces um, when people aren't there, the lights are turned off. Um, and there's a, a comfort level around the lighting so that, you know, and it offers the best scenario for people to work in. So that, those are all lighting centric benefits. Um, and there's a lot of optimization that can be had there. And of course, centralized data or the collection of this data that that really validates that you either are or are not doing, you know, the, the optimized uh, benefits of, of those lighting types. So that's kind of one key strand. And the other one, of course, is what benefits can lighting systems offer other other systems and, and, and more centralized management. So that then becomes things like, well, could could the knowledge of occupancy from lighting systems be used by other systems to benefit, say, the turning on or off of other systems that use power, such as HVAC air conditioning, but also that occupancy has value. It has value to the business to understand, you know, how often places are used, et cetera. And that, that's totally different uh, philosophy. That could be asset management, uh, building management, and, and, and human interaction and comfort for the people in that workspace. Um, so that is a completely different strand of benefit. Um, and, and it's not just the occupancy, you know, we, we, we focus on that, but there's, there's energy management as well. So yes, can you optimize the lighting control to save energy? But what about the balancing of the energy, you know, from the grid perspective, or, you know, uh, for countries that load shedding is important or, or management and, and being part of a more holistic solution for control, um, can adjust, you know, to support that, you know, top level, um, whether it's the company itself trying to hit targets or whether it's a more governmental or, or countrywide, you know, legislation or drive. Um, and that's, yeah, a completely different drive from just, you know, the more is the building running efficiently from a lighting control, but, but both have great aspects of benefit um, when, when starting to be connected up. Yeah. And I guess from, from our point of view, I don't want to talk too much about you know, our company and focus on that. But I think the way in which lighting systems have been developed is different because obviously there's specific protocols for lighting that that's one of the issues as to why that integration hasn't happened with the other systems because they don't speak the same language. So I think the way in which we've evolved as a company, you know, we can speak lots of these different languages. So that can in itself be a benefit to become part of a wider solution because we can obviously open up some of that communication with other things and other devices and systems in a building that maybe that one platform might struggle to communicate with um, up until now. So I think it's worth maybe just touching on that as well. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, there, there was the the birth of sort of wireless connectivity and lighting, which was a big trend and, and has its absolute benefits. Um, you've got sort of PoE lighting, which offers sort of that IP connectivity benefit. And then you've got sort of, yeah, lighting protocols, which offer their own sort of benefits in terms of what, what they can do, capabilities, logic, et cetera. So when you've got lots of those different systems, I think it, it's hard for deployment and, and projects to be delivered um, because all these companies, you know, at the end of the day are focused on selling hardware. 
that they want to get their hardware in. So, you know, the need to talk to other hardware is actually negative for them because, you know, why would they want to do that? That, that therefore they may not get as much hardware sold into a business, so into a building or a project. So for us, it's a different methodology, right? We, we are focused more on the interoperability because that benefits the end client and it benefits the building. Um, and therefore, you know, making these buildings and projects aware that um, bringing them together or, or making protocols that don't normally talk to each other talk to each other um, allows you to be able to you know pick the best hardware for the best applications pick the best connectivity protocol for the best area you know just because wireless is a great trend does not necessarily mean wireless is the best or pays out for every aspect of an entire building deployment um, so yeah being able to balance wired and wireless systems um, and it's not just lighting as well it's switches sensors um, control devices, um, relays, interactions with other system devices, they all talk different protocols. So when it comes to a deployment of integration, you can start to see that if you've got seven, eight, nine different protocols and different systems, that's a lot of integration costs. And that's a lot of integration cost and time per project. So, you know, our goal is to integrate as many protocols together, you know, the the, the viable ones, obviously, um, so that these jobs are much easier and streamlined. And then at the end of the day, make a project quicker and, and less costly to deploy. Yeah. And I think obviously this is, again, why we're seeing a lot more software companies partnering now. Um, instead of developing everything in-house by themselves, it's it's a lot more of an open approach, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of one quick point on that is is you you have leaders with everything. So from a smart connectivity buildings point of view, there are big brands that want to be seen as the best. They want integration all the way through, even for things that may not have value today. You know, just basically integrating everything together, getting data from everything, and and therefore the projects that then one force those hardware companies to be um you know uh interoperable uh, and then they have to do it for that project so so the the leaders are pulling the market that way but of course when it's only the sort of the top one percent of companies doing it you know that that leaves the rest still sort of you know comfortable not having to 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 be able to access their the data sets and, and be interoperable yeah definitely um and I think moving on slightly, another big topic that we're seeing talk, talked about a lot in the industry at the minute is obviously ESG. And we've, you know, from our conversations we've had with clients and partners and things, we know that there is a lot of pressure now. You know, a lot of buildings are tasked with having to show what their ESG score is and how they're going to improve that in the future. So I think thinking about it in terms of the smart building platforms that are out there, Again, what can lighting and also emerging tech such as digital twins and AI, what can they add to these platforms to help with the creation of these ESG scores? And why is that important? Yeah, so I think it's a very interesting topic, you know, because, you know, we always see that legislation drives change. Uh, and, you know, you, what you've got now is, is a requirement for, for large businesses of a particular type to have to give their ESG sort of scores and then also report on where they, you know, project where they're going to get to in certain timeframes. Um, and, and that's a great drive because where you leave lighting behind and don't add it, that starts to become apparent when you have these drivers in the market, which is, you know, you know, what energy, what carbon footprint do you have, um, et cetera. So what we see is, is therefore big businesses now finding out that they need to, 
understand what's going on in their buildings today, including lighting, but then also how do they project where they're going to get to, you know, and, and without it being a finger in the air, you, you're going to need some sort of intelligence to do that. Um, if I look at lighting, uh, you know, you could do a, you could put meters in and that will tell you the energy uses now, but, but putting meters at a costly deployment will not tell you what you can get to. Uh, and therefore, the other options that these companies are faced with is, is ripping their lighting out and putting new in. Well, if you did that for every one of your buildings and you're a large building owner, you know, the costs become in the millions and, and it's it's unmanageable just to sort of hit your ESGs reporting. So, you know, what we see is, is you know, digital twins um, and particularly, you know, from our case, lighting digital twins. What that can offer is is not just the ability to figure out how your building is running now because you can map it exactly as it is now in a far more accurate way than just doing say a lighting survey but once you've got that baseline um the benefit is of course understanding what you could get to so you know in a digital twin such as ours you can add sensors daylight sensors control logic schedules build it all in in a generic sense but but of course it will then tell you you know what savings and what reductions you're making and then you can role play different scenarios you know if I wanted to spend a lot on a large deployment with all sorts of sensors it could cost this much but it saves me this or I could do it much more you know low key and just sort of get some closed loop sense sensor control and it will save me less but it will cost me a lot less so you know systems with digital twins particularly can help uh, these big sort of uh, estate owners to really understand what they're doing now and where they can get to um and then of course when you when you go down that route as well is, is then you actually do need to deploy lighting control and, and beneficial systems um and you know firstly they don't want to project that they're going to get somewhere that they can never reach because that's you know unattainable um so they want to be reserved in it but of course what they will then find out is that they can make huge savings and they they can and you know the energy part of, of it they can reduce energy they can reduce their carbon footprint they can they can become carbon neutral but you can't get to these goals if you have no idea what you're doing now so so step one is absolutely about the data um and that's where digital twins can help step two is is the simulation i guess before you try before you buy almost is, is the philosophy and that's where um yeah simulations such as you know, lighting control logic simulators you know like we offer um that's where that can really come in and then of course there's the proof in the pudding which is actually the deployment and, and, and coming up with a plan um to deliver it um that's much more of a commercial market trend when you're looking at things like you know green tech and, and and grow lighting that's where ai can come in much better because you know there's a lot of processes that need improvement and managing uh, and you know robotics um and uh, engines large data analytics engines are going to be far more beneficial when it comes to the physical deployment and benefits stage um and, and so yeah so all, all are going to be needed as we go through this plan i, I think the biggest um thing that we we realize is happening at the moment is these real estate owners these these building owners are struggling to know how to get there um and they, they're going to platform providers to say can you help and i think that's where we're really seeing an increase in interest because i think it, uh, particularly lighting it can now not be left behind and therefore you need to look at particular you know solutions in lighting that can offer as we've as i've just explained which is you know this this ability to know now and know the future 
definitely and obviously you know it's it's reported that lighting in a building is on average about 40 percent of total energy consumption so i think it's it's just you know behind hvac so if that is missing from if that data is missing from a smart building platform then that's a huge chunk and that is a big part of an esg score so but i think it is important to have that full holistic picture and you know have a full understanding of energy usage in your building yeah yeah exactly and i think that's where i think the, the single pane views or these large platforms are offering a consolidation of of data uh, is where it becomes key because you know uh, data is coming from everywhere D data is how you understand what you're doing now and data is how you understand what you need to do in the future so unless you're pulling and when I say everything that's holistic but unless you're pulling the big chunks you know and lighting should very much be part of that you're not going to be able to accurately pre predict what you do and project so yeah um, I think we want to be part of that because we you know as you said 40 percent is a is a big number um, and even if it's less or sometimes it's more, it shouldn't be forgotten, basically. And it can't be now because, you know, you can't just report on on a portion of what you're doing. Yeah, great. And obviously, a lot of what we've just discussed there is relating to sort of the commercial real estate sector. I know you touched on indoor farming and vertical farming and things just there as well. And obviously, we've recently attended Green Tech. So it's interesting to look at the value lighting can add there because, you know, building systems, they do exist within indoor farms as well. It's just potentially different values that you're looking at that might be, you know, CO2, irrigation, lighting as part of that as well. So do you want to explain a little bit about that sector, how lighting can benefit as becoming part of the wider platform there, and also how it can potentially help with ag tech and add value and things? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think um, it's a it's a great market to, to, to discuss and focus on because uh, it you know it's early, it's early stages. Let's say you know holistically as as a as a world we, we need to grow more. You know as we expand as a population and we, we run out of space. You know we're going to need to grow much more in much smaller areas, um, and therefore there's got to be a focus on improvements. So there's a drive there, um, and that's great because that drive means that people are trying to find better ways to do things. So yes, you can have the best lights. You know in terms of wavelengths to grow certain things. But if you're just manually flicking them on and off and you're trying to manage the temperature and CO2 by people running around a building, you know, which is unfortunately how a lot of these farms are done today, it's not an optimized um, way of doing things. So there's a huge optimization program that's got to happen. And therefore, that's great because that means you need data, you need connectivity, you need you need things to work together. And then you need, you know, AI and, and the benefits that the cloud can bring. Um, and that's why it's really interesting because it, it it's almost like a um, everything needed in one. You you need the cloud, you need the the on-premise control um, and data. You need systems that aren't just lighting, so you need lots of different sensors, not just like commercial lighting that might have daylight and occupancy. You've got a whole host of sensors now. You've you've got water and irrigation valves um, yeah, because I, I guess you could say plants are very. Um, specific in the way that in the, the requirements they need to grow so i think once you get to that stage it, it forces an open policy of interoperability between sensors between lights between building management systems and between the cloud so what we see is is that requirement to go up down left and right and, and that's where we really again see uh, us helping certain companies because you know that's what we've focused on and, and are able to do is almost like a software middle middle layer if you like um and and like i said that the market today is a lot of just manual 
um, where the focus is on making the hardware great. And of course, that's where things should start. But the benefits are going to come when you optimize these systems and you bring the best in class pieces of hardware together to create, you know, the bespoke solutions for the different types of growth that you need. Uh, and, and then, of course, then you start to get into optimization of, you know, not necessarily the growing, but of the management of the farms, but also the data that's being analyzed and then the feedback loop that means you grow those plants better every time. So, yeah, really interesting space. There's lots of benefits that need to, to come. It's got a long way to go before we get to sort of a, you know, state. It's a much more emerging market compared to, say, commercial lighting and, and smart buildings. Um, but, yeah, that uh, we what we saw in commercial lighting is proprietary systems coming up that trying to do everything themselves and then of course there is a great product there but you have to buy only that hardware product and you know it's going to be missing key elements to make you expand and, and, and be more versatile so I, I think as as the market matures uh, the need for many of these big companies or, or smaller to medium-sized companies will need to start you know working together in partnerships and that's where yeah integrations and data transfer and, and communication is going to be key. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think when you think about the lighting aspect in, in the indoor farm environment as well, obviously in greenhouses, it's important, but you do have some natural light there as well. So in vertical farms, you can see the real, you know, reliance on artificial light, which is interesting. I think that's obviously a lot more of an emerging market. But um, within that space as well, you've obviously got all of these different integrations happening. And I think energy becomes again a really big topic and it's not something you know you can't turn the light off if there is no natural light there but i think again this is why it's so important to have all of that data feeding into one source because if there is a way of being able to minimize the energy you know efficient maximize the energy efficiency slightly then that's going to have a big impact and it's going to help with reducing the overall costs and the cost to the end consumer as well yeah, yeah. And I think um, what we've seen from a, a commercial building space is one of the big hardships of integration is, is data, is, is normalization of data. So data ontologies and how, how data of things is described and labeled becomes key because if each integration takes a lot of manual typing, a lot of manual understanding of what X is, where it is and what it does, you know, then it makes integration non-viable. So that whole process is, is, is deeply underway in terms of trying to have data alignment structures and, and work with tagging systems. And that's big. And I think we see the same issue is going to arise in the in the green tech space mm -hmm. is that, you know, people are doing things obviously in a proprietary closed system. That's great end to end for that system. But if data is not coming out in a usable format, someone's going to have to be managing that. And, and then that just becomes an explosive problem that, you know, uh, the, the more we can do about it now and have alignment early on, um, then then the better it's going to be as, as we begin to integrate and utilize these data sets for benefit. Yeah, great. Um, and lastly, last sort of topic I just want to touch on was it's another very important topic that again is spoken about a lot in the industry fire safety so again how can light and add benefit there what in particular benefits does light and add to this particular aspect of safety within buildings yeah so i think um you know fire safety is such a critical element to buildings you know of the past we've seen what problems there can be and and also if you don't you know stick to the standards that there are problems and, and there should be uh, fines and and issues if, if you don't so 
you know, say fire safety is, is, is critical. Lighting as a, as a piece, of course, from emergency lighting ensures, you know, safe passage um, to, to exits, etc. And I think from our side, there's a general understanding that there's a lot of good systems out there now. But um, because it's, I guess you could call it more niche, um, there's high cost or um, not general implementation. So, you know, the, the, the old fish key emergency lighting sort of manual process is still very much the way um, because people aren't so aware of the automated sort of uh, maintained systems that are out there um, and are put off by the possibly the cost to implement, um, even though there's legislation people are still sort of choosing the more the manual manual method. Um, so we focused on emergency as an area because, you know, we can offer sort of that maintenance monitoring side of it um, as, a, as, an, as an addition, let's say, on, on some good hardware that's out there today. And therefore that, you know, makes that far more accessible to the market. So, you know, fire safety in, in general is an absolute must in buildings. It's legislation um, and emergency lighting is a big part of that. And, 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 you know, from the information we've seen and the analysis we've done is, you know, systems are now, you know, cost viable and the payback on these sort of systems that manage manage the lighting testing as opposed to it being manual, you know, payback and can payback in under a year. So, you know, getting that story out there is, is one of the things we're trying to do with our partners. Um, they're, of course, trying to do it, too. And I think, you know, emergency lighting is is, is going to have to be a big part moving forward and, and once people realize that you know time and money can be saved of people by by not using manual testing you know then that's going to let's explode or become the, the standard um and and, and we, we want that to happen very much so because we believe in it also right yeah and obviously that's another really important value that can be added to these built-in platforms as well the ability to have not only the lighting system but emergency lighting system all as part of that platform, I think is a really big selling point. Yeah, I think, you know, um, emergency lighting, there's many standalone systems, general lighting control, there's many sort of standalone systems, grow lighting, there's many sort of standalone systems. So, you know, we we see all three, you know, at the end of the day are deployed in a building. And if it's a, it's a growing building, then all three definitely will be in a building. So, you know, the consolidation of systems will always be better, easier, and beneficial for people uh, and we're just trying to get the, the word out there you know that you you can have all these systems together you can have benefits from one or two systems working together and we just want to have those conversations really i guess to incite that to happen more yeah perfect well thank you very much it's been great uh, a great conversation no problem thank you very much for having me Lindsay.